Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Start By Listening. I'm Terry Crow, Advocacy Coordinator with New Beginnings, and I'm your host for this episode. Today, we're going to talk about something that we use all day long every day. We use them talking with other people, we type them, text them, and use them in our own heads. Some people communicate them using their hands. We're going to talk about words. How many of you remember this rhyme from childhood? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We say words, listen to words, write them, invent them, and change them. We use words to label things in the world and to talk about our experiences. Sometimes we use them to warn about danger. But as common as words are, or maybe because they are so common, we often take them for granted. We forget how much power they have and how much words can hurt us. As well-meaning as that old rhyme is, words can and do hurt us sometimes, often for a lifetime. I'll never forget the humiliating words of my seventh grade math teacher. I was sent to the front of the classroom for my turn at solving a problem on the chalkboard in front of the whole class. The fraction problem I was assigned required finding a common denominator and involved large numbers, so I needed to use long division to solve the problem. I had terrible stage fright about solving math problems on the board in front of everybody, so I froze in the middle of working the problem. Look at that, my teacher said. She can't even do long division. He said this in front of everybody. I was mortified and fought tears all the way back to my seat. That moment and those words of his are forever seared into my mind and affected my self-esteem in every math class and every math-related task I've done since I was 12 years old. This example of mine is a relatively benign one, but I have never forgotten how much those words hurt me and it has affected me since that day. Now, consider the massive importance of the words used about and in response to sexual harm, something that is orders of magnitude more damaging than the long-ago comment of my old teacher. Words shape our emotions, our self-esteem, our reality, culture, and our world. When we carefully select and deliberately use the best words, the most accurate words, the kindest words, we can create a supportive situation for somebody or change our culture or cause someone to begin healing, and maybe prevent harm or re-victimization in the first place. Washington State's King County Sexual Assault Resource Center has this to say, quote, 
The words that we use to reference sexual violence when talking with our kids, siblings, parents, friends, colleagues, neighbors, influence the way we all perceive the issue. Using language that blames the victim perpetuates a culture where victims are devalued, sexual violence is tolerated, and perpetrators are not held accountable. Of equal importance is how news of sexual harm is covered by journalists and reporters. According to the Centers for Disease Control, quote, to portray sexual violence accurately, it is important to use language that does not place blame on the victim. It is also important for journalists to use the most accurate terms for describing the acts rather than using euphemisms, end quote. So, what words are we supposed to use? Well, language is dynamic and ever-evolving. Words and their usage shift and change. Ten suggestions follow. The format I'll use is, use this, avoid that. I'll provide you with best practice language, then the language to avoid, and a short explanation of that shift. I hope you find these suggestions useful and you incorporate them into how you communicate about sexual harm, no matter what your role is, whether you're a friend or family member, juror or detective, journalist or reader. One, use alleged perpetrator or perpetrator. Avoid the accused. Using a word like the accused places the burden on the victim survivor who did the accusing instead of calling attention to the acts of the perpetrator. Two, use alleged victim or victim or victim survivor and avoid accuser. Using accuser, like using the accused, places the burden on the victim survivor. It implies that the victim is now doing something to the perpetrator instead of being a recipient of the harm. In other words, the connotation is that the victim survivor is now transformed into the perpetrator of the accusation. Note also that any or excessive use of the word alleged often implies disbelief of the victim and should be used with caution. 3. Use anatomical names for all body parts, including body parts like penis, rectum, vagina, and vulva, when teaching children about their bodies. Avoid euphemisms or nicknames for these parts of the body. Using euphemisms or nicknames for our genitalia is problematic for a couple of reasons. First, it can instill shame in children about their bodies, and shame can be a reason that a child doesn't disclose about sexual abuse. Second, if sexual abuse does occur, it's vital that a child or youth be able to accurately describe the areas of their body that were touched. Four, use child sexual abuse. Avoid the phrase sexual relationship. The word relationship implies equity of age or developmental stage, equal power dynamic, lack of coercion, and the ability to consent. 
5 use the phrase child sexual abuse materials avoid child pornography using child pornography has the connotation that images of naked children is simply a type of acceptable pornography and doesn't harm children but using the term child sexual abuse materials more accurately reflects the fact that children are abused in order to create the images and are subsequently exploited when the images are viewed shared traded or sold six use commercially sexually exploited children or youth or prostituted child avoid child prostitute using the terminology child prostitute implies that the child or youth had a choice and was able to consent and it ignores the fact that the child or youth was the the victim survivor of exploitation seven use rape sexual violence sexual abuse or sexual harm avoid using the words sex sex scandal sexual relationship or intercourse as euphemisms for rape or other kinds of sexual harm the use of euphemisms can sensationalize these crimes or neutralize the illegal nature of the acts or imply the equal ability to consent and even disregard the harm done to the victim survivor additionally avoid the use of qualifiers like forcible rape or date rape or acquaintance rape the use of such qualifying words might minimize the perception of the harm done by trying to categorize it or failing to take into consideration that all sexual harm by definition does include some element of force or coercion eight use the words statement or disclosure or report when describing what a victim survivor says happened to them avoid using phrases like victim story or the victim survivor admits or confesses labeling the words of a victim survivors experience as their story has the connotation that it may or may not be true or parts of it might be fabricated in some way using the words admits or confesses can imply that the victim survivor has some responsibility for the harm that was done to them nine use victim survivor avoid using victim or survivor if you know the person prefers one of those terms over the other the term victim survivor combined acknowledges the continuum of recovery from sexual harm and that some people do prefer or self-describe as victim and others self-describe as survivor 10 use the phrase was forced to and avoid the phrase engaged in using the phrase engaged in when it relates to what a victim survivor endured turns the victim survivor into an active participant when they were not well that's the end of this list of some of the language that has shifted there are some more words I want to make sure that you know these words don't change though these words are timeless 
If a loved one comes to you and discloses that they are the victim survivor of sexual harm, there are 15 small words with big impact that your loved one will need to hear. These 15 words will be gifts you can give to that person. Those 15 words are contained in just three sentences. I believe you. I am so glad you told me. It was not your fault. Those simple sentences are the foundation upon which a victim survivor builds the rest of their recovery. If a victim survivor is not believed and told so, or is told it's their fault, they will be pushed into a spiral of emotional devastation from which it is difficult to recover. Our challenge to you is this. Choose your words wisely because they matter more than you can ever know. Thank you very much for listening. Now, go out and change the world. See you next time. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020, Green River 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast. We thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at www.uriahwild.com. That's www.uriahwilde.com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time on Start By Listening. And as always, please remember that New Beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day. Just give us a call, 1-800-226-7273.